Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. It's Saturday, May 1st. It's about 1 p.m. Central, and the Chicago Bears are about to be on the clock. That's right. We started just a little bit earlier. The first two picks of the draft, the Bears traded up, so the show is compressed, a little scrambled at the jump, but I wanted to make sure that we had a moment here to kind of speculate who this pick is going to be. I have a pick is in graphic that I've been sitting on for two nights now. So I'm excited to deploy that here in just a few moments. But let's look and see what the Bears may end up doing here in just a few moments. I'm Russell DeWitt. Joined with me is my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. We're here to break down this Chicago Bears fifth round pick. Pick 151. Currently, the Eagles at 150 are on the clock. So, Nick, as we have a few moments... Do you have a player or two or just a cloud of players, perhaps, uh, that you would be open to drafting here? I know I have a personal cloud, but I'll kick it over to you first. You know, I'll just kind of make it more general with the position. If you find a corner, if the Bears are finding a a nickel corner that they kind of like in the spot, then I wouldn't be opposed to that, especially if it's a guy that's probably on your list too, Will, that we've had mocked to the Bears, Shakur Brown from mm-hmm. um, Michigan State there. That's a guy that... Um, you know, you look at the beast and things like that has a higher grade, I think a third round, third to fourth round grade. And obviously we're in the fifth round here. So that'd be a guy I wouldn't be opposed to grabbing here. Cornell Powell wide receiver out of Clemson still available at this moment. Amir Smith, Marset, the Iowa wide receiver is also a guy if they want to address that. So had to put that out there, Will, but it's a guy that fills a lot of, he plays kick return and does a lot for the Iowa offense. It would make sense in terms of what you can get out of him. If you're looking to get a, you know, a wide receiver at this point in the draft, but what about you? Good, good point. Uh, I'll pull you. I'm not that I'm clamoring for a safety, but Jamar Johnson from Indiana, IU, my alma mater. I have to do my plug when I can. He's available, and I thought he would be would be off the board here uh, before round five. Heck, I didn't even think he was going to escape the third round. So that one's a little bit of a surprise to me. Uh, and just looking at who I see on my cloud, uh, Shai Smith. 
uh, the receiver out of South Carolina, as well as Trey Smith, the offensive guard. I actually had, when we were doing our simulation episode, and I did that whole big spreadsheet of all the players and where I would draft them, uh, for Trey Smith, a guard, I did have a, a third-round grade on him. So he has the highest grade that I have left available for me. So if we're going BPA, maybe that's the route. But after going QB off into tackle, I don't know if I would automatically just follow that up here with an offensive guard. I saw here in the chat that Mason's hoping for Felton. Uh, so that's what Mason, who was on a previous episode, uh, he's rooting for here, Nick. Um, but it looks like the Eagles pick is in which means the Chicago Bears are officially on the clock. So as we wait uh, out of your cloud, is there one that you would pull for stronger than the others right now? You know what? Well, I think just because it is another position of need, Shakur Brown makes a lot of sense. He has that aggressive mentality at that corner position. He also played on the outside. It can be versatile playing also on the inside, but that's where I think he'd be pegged at as a nickel corner. And look, right now with, with um, what the Bears kind of have at that position. Is it going to be Kendall Vildor? Is it going to be Duke Shelley? Who's going to actually man that position right now? Well, you can add another capable playmaker in the mix to kind of compete for that spot. So the Bears feel like Shakur Brown is a guy that can, you know, bring some competition to that position, then I'm all for it. But Demetrik Felton, like Mason was mentioning, is another intriguing uh, pick because he does also provide that special teams aspect, being a kick returner, which the Bears right now – don't really have at this point obviously with Cordell Patterson being gone so those two those are two guys if they were to go here at 151 it makes sense it fills positions of need and again that's exactly what the Bears are going to look for with this position we'll see exactly how it's all going to pan out here sooner rather than later as we kind of just look at the Bears as a whole quarterback of the future tackle of the future which Ryan Pace last night uh, didn't really shut down the idea that, hey, you know, maybe Tevin Jenkins could play left tackle in this offense as well. But when you're looking at the rest of this Bears team, is wide receiver that next position that you would address? Or again, I don't want you to reach for a need, but I think you're looking at slot receiver, kick returner, cornerback, either outside or inside, are probably the three largest needs, I think, as it sits currently. Uh, Again, we're only at 209 my time here in the afternoon things can change um, but I think those would be my top three needs uh, if I were Ryan Pace in my big board and looking at it right now yeah and you know what maybe you could throw in center there and look maybe the Bears value you know see it a little differently with Sam Mustafer being the center but again uh, it would be all uh, oh, the pick is in will I don't know. Oh, who okay. It yes. Is, yes. But the, the pick, pick is, is in. in. Okay. But I'm just so surprised seeing that graphic for the first time because we didn't see it the you know the other two days. So the pick is in, and we have nothing on Twitter yet leaking it. So we're in the dark for for like the first time, right? <laughs> right. Like the last two nights, it's oh the pick's in, and we know exactly well, who it is because it's already going through uh, the Twitter world. And so yeah, TV doesn't say anything. My draft tracker doesn't say anything. Not seeing anything on Twitter just yet. So we are the most in the dark, and there's plenty of options. Any final guesses at who you think it is? We oh, there it is. It to be. Uh, oh, there it is. If, wait, is this right? Uh, it looks like we're getting a tackle, if I'm not mistaken here. like where? Of course, I had to refresh it and go the way. See NFLTradeRumors.co, uh, offensive tackle, Larry... another tackle. Borum? 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 I can't, uh, yeah, I don't, again, we are not the best with names here, especially guys that 
we don't know so it's time to go (laughs) (laughs) well that's that's what's so interesting in this part of the uh the draft too will is like now we're getting players that okay maybe we didn't watch tape on these guys and you know it it makes sense i didn't i did not watch anything on larry borum uh a tackle that at least on the beast has a sixth to seventh round grade so another tackle Uh, that's interesting i wonder what that means for uh like a Charles Leno Jr. Uh, okay, so here's also something interesting here, Will. Like what the Bears said yesterday with Tevin Jenkins is that they, you know, it could be open, left tackle, right tackle. Looking at Larry Borum, if that's how you pronounce his last name, he has 16 games started at right tackle and only one at left tackle. So mm. I wonder if the Bears are kind of looking at this, knowing that they wanted to address the tackle position and you're going to save money. Um, with Charles Leno Jr. if you were to you know part ways with him so he played 16 games started um, there at Missouri at right tackle two at left guard and one at left tackle so maybe this is obviously what the Bears were envisioning here and what they kind of want to do uh, with those tackle positions. Uh, you, I know you're reading the beast based off of what you're throwing at my way can you read the very first line under strengths for me out loud? Let's see. Massive body type with proportionate girth. Yes, the word girth makes it on the podcast. Well, that's how you know this is a good day. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long <laughs> time since we threw out the G word here on the show. So, yeah, he has proportionate girth, says the scouting report. Uh, but it's another big body tackle. It's interesting. Just looking at the resources that the Bears have brought in in free agency this year, uh, bringing back a Fetty, Signing the other tackle, the two late picks last year at offensive line as well uh, with Hambright and then Simmons. And now we're doing it again with two of our three picks here so far in this draft, offensive line. So they're throwing everything and the kitchen sink at this unit so far. Are you disappointed at all, maybe? I thought with some of the talent at the skill positions, this is a guy that, Again, you're looking at different boards, and everyone has them ranked everywhere else. Probably would have been there with one of our six-round picks, but we don't know that for certain. But at least from my vantage point, it feels like there was a good chance he could have been at like 208. Yeah, and I mean, again, with everybody's draft boards and how they're kind of looking at it, maybe obviously he was higher on there. But I think we, we've we seen the Bears kind of ignore this position till the later rounds like you just look even last year where they drafted their two offensive linemen their tackles Achavis Simmons and Arlington Hambright that was the seventh round picks those are kind of you draft them you see take a swing in the dark there but the Bears saw that this was a need and that they needed to address both sides at the left tackle and right tackle position and now you're giving Ryan Pace obviously that that second round pick with Jenkins but we know he's hit on fifth rounders and now Larry Borum can maybe be that next guy that can fit that mold of what Ryan Pace has done. So I wouldn't say that I'm disappointed in it because it's still something that the Bears needed to do. Obviously, yes, you'd like to see some of those playmakers, those wide receivers, those cornerbacks be also drafted to your team. But this is this is a part of the of the needs that cannot be ignored, especially now that you have a a first round number 11 pick and Justin Fields there, you want to make sure that that's established and don't do what, don't do what the Bengals, you know, did and ignore first round draft pick with that first pick. And obviously they got Jamar Chase, but I, I think it's a, in the long run, 
you're hoping it's a smart move that towards the future, you don't have to worry about those tackle positions being an issue on your team. And that's only going to allow Justin Fields to kind of do his thing. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this affects Charles Leno Jr. Because that's, that's the guy in question right now of what the bears can possibly do here. I'm looking at the van he used to drive. Uh, he grew up in Detroit uh, and around Detroit, and he was driving an $800, $800 beat-up, faded, blue Chevrolet Venture van uh, to school to get himself back and forth. So like the like the Toyota Camry or whatever the car Mitch drove uh, in college, uh, the story that I uh, was some shared to me actually on Twitter, I want to make sure I mention who shared it to us on our account, uh, Dejon Davies. Uh, so thank you very much if you're watching live. Uh, so I'm kind of glancing through it, and one thing I noticed that he is called uh, the gent- uh, the Quiet Giant uh, is like the nickname uh, that's going to kind of dub around him. So you get two kind of polar opposites, a little yin and your yang with Tevin Jenkins, and now here with Larry Borum, some tackles, some bookends, maybe some different personalities, and that's pretty interesting too in its own right. Yeah, absolutely, and you want to see how that how that personality kind of shows itself on the field too, because we know Tevin Jenkins. You know, he kind of—he's a funny-looking dude, but when if you get on the field, he—that's he, not someone you want to mess with. Just kind of reading some of the scouts um, and analysts what they're kind of saying about Borum. We have the draft network here, and this is like how they kind of end his scouting report. They say the big question for him, Borum, is how much untapped potential he can provide an NFL franchise. If a team comes away convinced, they can tap into more functional athleticism. He may surprise with his draft stock, but based on the film, he'll be challenged to secure a 53-man roster role in the league. Okay, so, I mean, again, I think that's where you're going to need Juan Castillo to really go into the the, trying to unlock this potential that, you know, these scouts and analysts are kind of talking about with him. So it's going to be a lot of coaching, and I think that's, you know, that can be said for everybody. They even talked about Tevin Jenkins. Um, There's still so much left to be unlocked with his potential and it's going to be up to Juan Castillo to kind of do that. But this is a, again, a pick that does address another need on this team. And we've all seen the decline of Charles Leno jr. You the past two seasons, especially, and he does have some good amount of money owed to him. But if you can provide this team with tackles that are not only young, but have potential to be your foundational pieces, man, you're set up with a rookie quarterback to where maybe there's going to be a, a time in the future where you have to pay all these guys at once, but you're really getting a lot of good value early on if they can make a, you know make it on this 53-man roster and be something. Yeah, what I'm seeing here on PFF, he was their 183rd ranked player. They assumed he would be drafted in the sixth round. They believe he slides into guard. Again, this is just their perception mm-hmm. of it. Um, but they said he'll almost assuredly kick inside. And then the bottom line is, even though he's a terrific college player, he's physically borderline for the NFL, even at guard. Again, that's just their assessment. That's want to make sure that we're getting both sides of the equation here. But the other thing that I see, too, is just that size. I don't know if we mentioned it yet, really. We talked to he's a bigger guy, you know, that quiet giant. But he's six foot six, three thirty two. So we got two guys in a six foot six, six foot seven range here, you know, three twenty plus to beef up this offensive line. I'm liking that size, and there's a lot of similarities in what I see in terms of the strengths, the pros of Borum here uh, when it comes to their hands and how he uses his hands and how he can lock on, latch on defenders a lot like Tevin Jenkins. So I think there's some 
uh, similar tools in their wheelhouse uh, that maybe you can tell that Juan Conceal, Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy is coveting and is believing they need to improve up front for this offensive line. But this is one where I don't think I'm I'm not jubilant. I'm not really excited. Uh, this is one where maybe it was necessary. I still think there are some players there that would have been more exciting uh, to maybe watch in the Bears uniform and pick here. And we still have a few more coming up in round six. And with all the skill guys, there is a few players that we mentioned that could still be there uh, when the Bears are back on the clock. So it's something where we'll have to keep kind of looking into uh, as we kind of go through this. But I guess when you're looking at this from a long-term perspective, and if the Bears do have a high grade on him, I want to make sure uh, it said that, again, we talked about the patience last night. We talked about it after round one. We're looking more for the future and protecting the biggest investment that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are going to make as Chicago Bears uh, head coach and GM, which is that pick for Justin Fields. And it looks like with the first two picks afterward, they're doing everything they can to protect that asset. Yeah, absolutely. And you, it's it's that, and it's also maybe showing that commitment to more of the rushing attack if you're going to have these guys that are good at downhill blocking and our big physical presence there. So, yeah, I think that's how you can look at these these picks after Justin Fields. Like, what are they doing to set, up, set him up and this offense for success down the road and, you know, getting some capable, hopefully capable tackles that can – can do those things is how you do that. So I think it's again not not the flashy move. Anytime you really grab a offensive lineman, it's not like the flashy, you know, gonna get all the headlines. Tevin Jenkins says because he's quite a character with some of those quotes that he has. But with this pick, it's we and you know what? We can't definitively say like yes, he is gonna be pegged the next guy, next starting left tackle, right tackle, wherever the Bears decide to really put him, or even if it's inside a guard, but you see why they did it. You can you can analyze just with what their process was. Is that like what we were saying? It helps Justin Fields down the road if he can uh, be successful there. It helps the rushing game down the road, and that's what he looks like there. Big number seventy nine. You got his highlight tape. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what he could do. Yeah, we have these overlays. I'm just gonna knock out over here. Apparently, we have layers upon layers here. So, GF Films HD made this on YouTube, so I want to make sure we're going to give them some good credit here for this video, and I don't know, offensive line highlights are hard to come by, uh, so we'll see what, exactly what we have here. Uh, but, big, strong. Yeah, looking at right tackle there. Yep. Yeah, playing a lot of right Just tackle. Picking. Drive blocking, yeah, he's, he's working his guy there, getting him to that first down with the running back, and, oh, yep. Whenever you see defensive linemen on the ground, Will, I think that's you know usually a good indication Reaching getting up to second the second level, level there. Linebacker just got uh, engulfed, swallowed. Not bad there, locking in. Guy didn't even have a chance. So that's uh, that's an intriguing one, uh, to say the least. So that's uh, really exciting. Let's go ahead and uh, we'll flip this back and uh, see if I can actually mm, – no, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> and you know what? Like, that. obviously – uh, take it like a grain. Like these are his highlights. You're only going to see the good, right? Obviously that's what the whole purpose of that video is for, but you see what he can do. Now I think it's obviously going to be consistency. It's going to be um, now going up against obviously way higher competition and seeing where exactly the bears even peg him to start off his career, being a fifth round draft pick. There is no, there's no guarantee, um, no. but we have seen, we have seen 
just in the past with Ryan Pace, who he's gotten in, in this round in the past, just even last year's draft with Gibson, Vildor, and then obviously Darnell Mooney, those are more so Mooney being a co- instant contributor. That could be the, I mean, that could be um, Borum's kind of trajectory here. It could be more of a Travis Gibson where you see maybe sparingly down, down later in the season. So there's no indication we can't tell you for sure how they're going to assess this but i just i'm wondering if you're charles Leno jr what you're kind of thinking i think you have to be you have just because of his play and the money that he's owed and knowing that they just took two back-to-back tackles ones that can possibly play on each side like as if you're charles Leno jr you're gonna be like well i better if if i have a chance to compete in in you know training camp i better bring it because I know these rookies are going to be hungry and want to, you know, impose their, you know, mentality on, on just on the practice field. But this is going to be interesting to see how how it all plays out there. I'm going to be loading up here to salary cap. Can we can we still cut him and save a decent chunk of money too? I think about six or so million dollars. For I'm Charles, not a, I'm not a cap expert. I think we all know this. Um, I'm pulling it up, and his dead cap this year is about five million, and his total cap hits eleven point two. So I feel like, if the math is correct, the total savings that you can have by letting him go is that six million. We we're talking about last night; they have to find ways to pay for the draft picks. So maybe Charles Leno Jr., someone that does have one of those one of those rare contracts here on this team that you can get out on right now, because there's not many options. That's a big reason why Kyle Fuller is not here as well. Maybe his time is more limited than even getting to training camp. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's, man, that has to be what maybe the Bears are really thinking about. It's like, where can we, you know, cut or, you know, obviously just cut one of our assets that used to be good for us and kind of get out of this and go just younger. Because, again, it, it falls into what we were talking about the other two days, just that the Bears are looking towards the future. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be the, the best version of themselves in 2021, whatever, all the players that they draft. As long as they can learn and develop moving forward with Justin Fields in mind, that's how you make this all work out. That's how you get this dra- the most out of this draft class. So uh, that's, yeah, I bet you that's what they're probably thinking about, Will. They have to save cap. They know that they have somebody in Charles Jr. who hasn't played that well. So let's see how we can – you know, fill that, fill that hole, fill that need with someone that's obviously going to cost way less money. Yeah, and maybe this is a pick that's not a 2020, uh, 2021 type of you know starter. I wouldn't draft a guy here in this round and say yes, this is he's going to start up front. But maybe uh, he, he has that versatility, as you mentioned. He's played kind of across the line. Maybe he's a swing tackle. Maybe he's that six offensive lineman that you can kind of deploy wherever needed throughout the season this year. And then we'll see where we go. Cause we did bring in that other tackle in free agency names escaping me right now. I think, do you know it? Elijah Wilkinson. Wilkinson. There you go. That's, that's good stuff there, man. That's why we have you on. But yeah, so you have Wilkinson, you have a Fetty, you drafted Tevin Jenkins. You have a lot of bodies here and you know, it feels a lot like the kicker situation, the tight end situation. You're throwing a, everything at it, and you're going to find out what sticks. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Especially with this position as well, you don't want to be short on guys and then have to be what the Bears were midseason 
really reshuffling the entire offensive line, putting Alex Bars in multiple different positions. So the Bears wanted to put themselves in a position where that's not going to be the case. And look, you still have Arlington Hambright and Latavius Sims. So you have a bunch of guys right now on the offensive line that you can put around and mix up and things of that nature. So the Bears, they should be, they just got to figure it out. Who's got, what's going to be the best five out there? Maybe, maybe the best five don't play to the best of their capabilities in 2021, just because you, it could be two rookies. It, it may be if you, if you have Borum and also Tevin Jenkins out there, but I think at least now they're set up in a way to where they can try stuff out. They're going to like, just how they had to do last season where they finally found their, their, their group uh, later in the season. And it worked out for the rushing attack. It worked out for Mitchell Trubisky down the road where the offensive line just played a lot better. Maybe we see more of that experimenting kind of going on as well this season, just because you have so many guys that you can put into the mix there. But yeah, it's, it's a good, I think it's still a good approach for the bears, just having more of these offensive linemen than not enough. I did see that he did have a lower leg injury in October uh, that did lead him to struggle a little bit more in the second half of the season. Uh, and then he also mentioned here, at least on the beast uh, that weight control is going to be crucial in the NFL. Uh, so just some things that we need to know as we do move forward. Nick, I'm curious, uh, when you look at just this pick in general, I think we're at the point of the draft where best case, worst case, you're kind of in the same realm almost. You're like, you can't be like best case, he's a pro bowler. And worst case, it's pretty much he's maybe he doesn't make the team or maybe he's someone that sits on a practice squad and never really develops. So I think that's worst case for anyone that we're going to draft for the rest of the day. Uh, in best case, you're probably just looking for a sturdy starter. But is there any other input there? But I feel like that's as clear as it can be. Yeah, that is pretty clear, Will, um, because you can't – like I know that we, we talked about Ryan Pace has had success getting a lot out of fifth-round draft picks, but it's not that everybody can be that. Like you even look at, what, Riley Ridley, who's a fourth-rounder, and you see where what's kind of happened with him, nothing much. So it's it's hard to peg exactly – what could be the best case, worst case scenario? Here's something that I do like, though, Will, and this kind of a little off topic, but he's obviously going to go against tougher competition in the NFL. Against the uh, Alabama last season, um, 44 pass blocking snaps, zero sacks allowed, zero hits allowed, zero hurries allowed. And that's credit to PFF Chicago Bears there on Twitter. So, and look, the, the Alabama, what, had six or seven guys drafted in the first round, some of those being defenders there. So True. I think when you when you look at, hey, the, what's what's going to be the closest competition to the NFL? It's probably Alabama. You know, it's probably teams in the SEC with those, all of the playmakers that they have. He held up fairly well against against that team and what they're capable of doing. And I like seeing that from, from guys that the Bears are obviously now, or obviously players are now on the Bears. Yeah, uh, I'm excited I think more so as we talk about this pick, look at it from different perspectives and kind of figure out how he fits, where he projects. And I'm glad that you brought that up about Alabama because as we were watching the highlights, I keep forgetting that Missouri's in the SEC now. It's still a little weird to me, and it's probably been there for about a decade, but it still doesn't always ring a bell over to me. So you're right. He is playing in a very tough conference, and he's playing at a school that, and again, I'm not a college football expert, but I feel like Missouri hasn't been good uh, in a long time, or at least in a, a decent amount of time. So they're getting bullied, they're getting picked on, and he still was able to show up against some of those better teams. Uh, so, Nick, I'm curious, do you want to go ahead? Should we grade this pick now? Uh, I feel like we've done a good job breaking down 
all the angles here. Do you want to go ahead and hand out your grade? I can give you Bears fans grades first. We can do that one last. It's up to you. Usually we've been kicking off with them so far, but I'm open to any kind of route you want to go. Yeah, well, let's keep it consistent here. What are Bears fans thinking about Larry Borum? And we will get clarification exactly. What do you think? Gage, tap into your inner Bears fan. What do you think Bears Twitter is feeling right now? And we're just doing ABC. I'm thinking they're in the B range. Yeah, they're in the B. Uh, 54.4% of Bears fans, about 500 votes so far, uh, gave this pick a B. Uh, 27.5% gave it a C. And then 13.8% to give it an A. Uh, D is the last one at 4.4%. So the majority of the Bears fans giving this a B uh, with the other. So we're looking at B, B minus overall grade. Uh, I would say here probably more closer to a B, which feels about right. Uh, that's where I'm probably going to end up landing. But how about you, man? I, I'm thinking I'm going to be in that B range as well. I think, it, look, it, you can't argue that it's a bad pick because it is a position of need that the Bears still have given the players that they currently have at the tackle left tackle position in Charles Leno Jr. If they do move them right, whatever, it's still a tackle that you can, you can put on this team and down the road, hopefully say, yes, we, we did a good job in addressing this. The only reason it's not maybe an A is that you look at guys that we mentioned earlier, like who we would potentially want there. You, look, having a nickel corner is still something that I think is a huge need for this defense, given how much how valuable that position is. And yes, the Bears do have people there, and maybe one of the guys pans out in Vildor and Shelley, but maybe they could have addressed it here. Maybe it is a wide receiver that could have been in the slot and also as a kick returner. So you see those those flashier positions, and that's why I think maybe Bears fans didn't give it the A, but still, they, they recognize this makes sense. Again, that's what has gone along the line of Ryan Pace's three picks so far. They make sense. Like, you can't argue that Ryan Pace is out of his mind with what he's doing so far. Each one fills a need. Each one makes sense. Each one helps a team. So I can't argue with this. So, I'll, But I will give it a B, though. Yeah, I'm going to be right there with you. Uh, it's one of those when you look into them more, and that's why we do these shows, and I'm glad I have a co-host like you, that sometimes you're a little long-winded, so I can actually take a moment to uh, dissect some of these scouting reports. And one that really uh, was sticking out to me over the last like five minutes uh, is just like Tevin Jenkins, I think we're overlooking the impact of the run game, right? Uh, another big offensive lineman, uh, known to be a mauler, known for his strength, known to being able to lock on guys, reach that second level and take people, direct, you know, steer them wherever, the, wherever he needs them to go to open up a gap. He can do that. And David Montgomery did not get any help from his offensive line last year. Not a lot of push. And he was someone that I think with better blocking, I mean, just imagine what kind of season he could have had a year ago. Uh, so this, these two picks, the last two, as much as they are for Justin Fields, I want to make sure it's known that they're really also for David Montgomery's future in this offense too. So looking forward to that. And again, even though there are some guys that we liked, I guess we can't correctly mock every pick, Nick, and it is a crapshoot here uh, in the fifth round, uh, really, and day three in its entirety. But, uh, yeah, for our mock draft simulation, when you trade up for Justin Fields and we trade it back up for Tevin Jenkins and they both worked out, and now it's like, who's this at first? <laughs> of course, we're going to be a little let down because it wasn't a name that we were heavily prepared for. But at the end of the day, you had your three-word analysis, I think, already. It makes sense. And that's something that I think we can continue to hang our hat on for this 
pick. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, just wondering now with the Bears having three six-round draft picks, what 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 are you kind of looking for there? Are you looking to maybe even trade two of those or try to move back up again if you find a, a suitor that's capable of doing that? But, yeah, I think it, it's going to be interesting how the Bears kind of fill this. Now this is obviously, even with this fifth-round draft pick, uh, depth is what I think needs to be in the consideration for, for the Bears and how they're going to – run their team in 2021 what kind of guys can we get that can be maybe special teams contributors Mm -hmm. early on and maybe develop maybe develop six round draft picks no guarantee again this is not new or anything but it's no guarantee but where can they start on special teams move their way up and be be that next deandre houston carson be that next kind of even like a Dion bush just guys that can kind of fill those those needs that are on that roster on the roster so that's what I'll be looking to see what they kind of do with 208, 221, and 228 as it stands right now. We'll see what Ryan Pace does. What do you hope he does? I'm uh, after this pick, watching the board, watching people continue to fall. I think I would hold on to all three of those picks. I, I think I would just take three more shots at it. Like I would not want to limit, you know, the ammunition in the chamber. I would like to keep that as full as possible for the remainder of this draft. Yeah, and I think what I would like to see now, this is where Ryan Pace can go to what we've seen typically of him. What are those high upside athletic kind of freaks that he likes to kind of draft? And you see that he's done that with Adam Shaheen, Leonard Floyd, even as an athletic prospect as Mitchell Trubisky was. Like, take your chances now on that. There's six round draft picks. You know, no one's going to, you know, really criticize you and kill you for doing that here. Because if it works out, you look like a genius. If it doesn't, hey, it's a six-round draft pick. And not to, like, you know, dampen, like, the what it could mean if you get, you hit on these guys, but you could take your chances here. And I think Bears fans would be okay with that. Look for high upside athletic ability, guys that run really fast, guys that are just physical freaks. Like, look for that. And and if it fills a position of need as well, like, man, that's, that's exactly what you're kind of looking for at this point point in the draft but obviously like i said with depth that's what i'm kind of looking forward to with these last three picks yeah very very much in line with you man uh when i was reflecting here on what i wanted to make sure i mentioned before we sign off uh a lesson that i think i expressed briefly in our final mock draft episode earlier this week is in the sixth and seventh round the fifth sixth and seventh round there are so many guys at the skill positions wide receiver cornerback safety that you can take your chances on a few of these guys and I would feel good about it. I feel like the draft was very bottom, not bottom heavy, um, but there's a lot of very good talent at this stage of the draft at these positions on guys that you can take a chance on that could end up being a a bigger playmaker on either side of the ball uh, than maybe their draft status would perhaps indicate. So for me, looking at what's left, I would keep all three picks and take three chances at it and see what ends up sticking but that's going to do it, Bears fans. We, it looks like we have 47 picks until the Bears should be back on the clock. Of course, if they trade up, we'll be back live as soon as that happens. If they trade down, well, you'll still hear from us, and we'll mention that, and we'll figure out what we need to do from there. And uh, I know some of these picks in the sixth round are closer to one another, so we may end up just hanging on this stream for most of the sixth round and just kind of seeing – what happens but thank you all for tuning in live and of course listening to the podcast no matter where you are how you consume our show nick and i really do appreciate you hanging out with us throughout all of draft weekend and of course 
365, 24-7 Chicago Bears coverage from Will and I. Will and I, that's me, you're Nick. Nick and I here at the Chicago Audible, but Larry Borum is a Chicago Bear. I don't know how you feel about it, but you should feel pretty good about it. Uh, we'll talk soon. And, of course, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.